helping people cope with and overcome life's challenges. This is Life Transformations with Michael Hart, Canadian Certified Counselor and Award-Winning Psychotherapist. When choosing to buy a home, most people go out of their way to pick one with a solid foundation. You get a home inspector, you may ask your agent about the history of the home, or if you're handy, maybe you'll do a walk around yourself just to make sure there's no cracks. And you do this because you know inevitably storms will face your home, the winds will whip against the walls, and you want to make sure that it stands firm no matter what's thrown at it. The same is true for our families. We want to build them in such a way that they have a strong foundation so that they too can withstand the inevitable storms of life. To help you in building a strong foundation or shoring up your own family's foundation, we're starting a series called Foundations of a Godly Family. And today, in our first part of the series, our show will all will be all about the search for happiness and fulfillment. So stay tuned. We are so excited to begin this series with you this week. If you've joined us for the first time, my name is Melissa Waggett, and I'm the co-host of the Life Transformation Radio Show. I'm so happy to be invited into your airways this morning. If you want to find out more about this show, I encourage you to go to our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at one 877 544 Four six again one eight seven seven five four four three five four six and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you may have. For those of you who've been faithful listeners over the years, you know I'm not alone in studio. With me is Michael Hart. Michael is a certified counselor. He's also the director of Elam Counseling Services in Ottawa, and he joins us each and every week to explore these topics. So, Michael, I'm so happy you've chosen to join us again. Thank you, Melissa. I wouldn't be anywhere else but here today. <laughs> not much of a choice, eh? <laughs> I, I've, I've got him. I've got him trapped into this. But in all honesty, it's always great to join you. And I'm wondering if you can. Just just share a little bit about what Elam is and remind our listeners about how they can also give back to this ministry. If for they those of choose. you who are joining us for the first time, Elam is a professional counseling organization that provides professional counseling from a Christian perspective. Uh, we offer subsidized rates for those who might not be able to afford counseling, such as people who are or, or just been released from prisons or uh women who are leaving abusive relationship who might have not might not be in a position to support themselves so we try to make the the rates affordable to to everyone so if you're in need of help don't hesitate to reach out to us even if you don't have the means uh, please do give us a call we we will find a way to get you the help that you need and we also want to remind our listeners at this time to be able to provide the services that we do um, and also have this radio show on each and every week we do rely upon donations we are a non-profit organization so if you do uh, have the ability to give back we strongly encourage you to do so and to do that you can visit our website at elamcounselingministry.com again elam is e-l-i-m counseling with two l's ministry.com or you can call us at that number, one 544 Thank you so much for um, giving back to this valuable ministry. So, Michael, we're beginning a, a series about the foundations of godly families, and this is a really exciting topic, and I'm really looking forward to exploring it with you because you're drawing um, a lot of our topics and examples from the book of Genesis. And so we're starting 
literally at the beginning talking about happiness and fulfillment. And we're going to begin with the first family, the the family of Adam and Eve as our starting point. So it's very appropriate. We're we're starting literally at the beginning. Yes, yes. I would like to call it in search of happiness and fulfillment mm. because we have a very interesting story here in the story of Adam and Eve. And if you look at the story, you realize that in this garden, in this environment where Adam and Eve found themselves, they, they, they were the first couple, but they had a perfect environment. The, the earth was newly created and they had everything that they need uh, in, in terms of material possessions. They also had a very profound spiritual relationship with God. They were in perfect health. They're, this was before the fall, before the, before the sin, so there was no health issues. And they they had no generational curse. You know, there are many shows that we have had. We talk about the influence of past generations on us and the the reality that we are not born with a with a clean slate, but we do have influences from our our parents and from even our our grandparents and great grandparents that affect us. But think about this, Melissa. Adam and Eve had no baggage from the past in terms of past generation. They also had no past relationship baggage because they were the first couple. That's a very, very good point. And I never thought of that. They never had to deal with the X factor or anything like that. So you've painted this picture of I think a concept that none of us, for obvious reasons, can identify with. No baggage, perfect health. God is literally at your side. You hear his voice daily and you know for sure it's God. Yes. You've painted this picture of utopia. Yes. But through this story, you've come to identify that they were still searching for more. In spite of literally having it all, they were in a place of wanting more and being unfulfilled. How on earth is this even possible? Because when you describe that story, I think most of us would even want a 1% of what they had. And we would probably say that would be more than enough for me. How could they still want more? Yes, if if you think about Maslow's Maslow hierarchy of needs. What you realize from that triangle, for those of us who have studied basic psychology, uh, you realize that the bottom of the triangle, all of those needs were met, right? The the physiological needs, needs for food, water, warmth, and so forth. All of those basic needs were met. Then the, the, the safety needs were also met, which is the second layer of Maslow's triangle. And so there were no security risk. No. There was no sin. There was no danger. The lion was laying with the lamb. Absolutely. It was great. Perfect environment. You can pet the lion and you know you're not going to die. There was no burglary or anything like that. They, they were it for the planet. So you don't have to worry about, mm-hmm. you know, someone coming to do you harm. The, the need for belonging and love, those needs are also met. Because when God made Adam, one of the things that he said, it's not good for a man to be alone. And so immediately he gave him, he made Eve to be his companion. So that took care of the, 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 the belonging and love needs. And the esteem needs were also met because there was no one to compare themselves to and to feel inferior. Like many of us have self-esteem issues because we were bullied and we were made to feel less than or we have, you know, that brother or sister that was, you know, uh, the, the, the brilliant one that is always getting straight.
plate A as well, you are struggling to get a D, or you have the, the beautiful sister or the handsome brother and you don't quite measure up in terms of looks. But think about it. Adam and Eve, there was no one to compare themselves to. So there were no self-esteem issues. So what then was missing? I think we need to go to the top of Maslow's triangle where it talks about self actualization and self actualization is this 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 feeling that you can you can become more that you haven't achieved your full potential so the serpent in the garden of eden uh came to them came to eve and questioned where she was in on on the the, the the ladder of self-actualization and questioned her and, and compared her to God. So there was no one else to compare her to. So the serpent said, if you eat of this tree in the midst of the garden, you can become as God, knowing good and evil. In other words, Eve, you haven't quite achieved your full potential. You have it all but you haven't achieved your full potential and you can become as God if you just eat of this tree in the midst of the garden. And so how does that translate to us today? Because none of us are standing in the garden. As I say, if we had 1% of what they had in the garden, we probably would think I'm more than self-actualized. So how does the devil begin to challenge what we know today? I think this this is a very powerful story. It's a simple story, and it's written in just a few lines. But the more I read it, it's the more profound I realize and and deep the story is, because what it is telling us is that we can, first of all, never be fully satisfied by by materialism. And I think we are in a society where our physiological needs are met, especially in North America, but the temptation that we are having in our modern society is that if you just have more, you can be fulfilled. And so you buy the car, you buy the next model car, and you still are not, you're not fulfilled. And then you, you buy the more, most expensive car, and you're still not fulfilled because materialism in itself cannot, cannot lead to, to fulfillment. And I think, uh, there are people who have it all and, and they're famous and they have everything. And you would think that they're self-actualized, but they still end up being at a place where many of these people, movie stars, entertainer with millions of followers and billions of dollars or millions of dollars end up committing suicide. And I think God is trying to show us something through these events by saying what society is selling you as the as the the, the ideal as the the way as the means to to fulfillment and happiness will leave you empty because these things in themselves cannot satisfy you and so what other ways so we see in the garden this tempting by the serpent and the devil and this conversation that goes on what are the ways that conversation happens to us today cuz he was stating things to eve that were he was twisting the truth basically right. and 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 misshaping things. Mm-hmm. How does that play out in our world today to make things um, seem different than they actually are? And how does that affect our ability to be happy? Well, I think one of the 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 the, the, 
the profound things about this story is that it sold the, the serpent sold her the idea that the way to happiness and fulfillment, the way to be self-actualized, is to throw off all the boundaries, throw off all the limitations that God has placed on you, and that was that was what the tree in the garden represented. It was the only tree that they could not eat of. And it's as if God said, you can have everything else, but here is the boundary that I wouldn't like you, I don't want you to cross. And I think God placed that that tree there as a way of saying, this is going to test your loyalty to me. And you can't be totally happy without having some kind of boundary in place. I don't know if I answered your question or did I did I leave something out there, no, but you're I think good. that was going on. You're good. Yes. And I'm going to continue with right. this conversation about boundaries in the tree because I really, I think that is a, a good starting point of our conversation just after our break here um, that I'd like to continue with you. So don't forget that thought, Michael. Don't right. forget that thought. Mm-hmm. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Radio Show. We are so happy you've joined us today. But if you've missed the first half of today's show, we encourage you to listen to it on our website at elamcounselingministry.com. Elam is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. Or you can call us toll-free at one 877 5443546 and we'd be happy to give you the copy of today's show entitled The Search for Happiness and Fulfillment. Right. So so there's something else I wanted to say and uh this this is what I think I was missing in answering your question is that when when the the serpent said to Eve you will become as gods knowing good and evil. Uh a lot of time we read that we read that story to mean that Eve and Adam is going to know for the first time know what's good and what's evil. But if you read uh, uh, commentaries on biblical commentaries on what it means in in the Greek, the word "know" doesn't mean. Uh, to know it in a sense of to to have a head knowledge of something or to to know casually it's a it's a it's a deep word that is actually used in the context of when a man has uh, when a couple has intimacy sexual intimacy they 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 know each other so it's it's a very profound kind of knowing and theologians actually interpret that in that context where the serpents say you will be as God knowing good and evil to mean you're going to know good and evil so intimately that you will be able to decide for yourself what is good and what is what what is evil don't let God tell you what is good and what is evil anymore throw off that that boundary that limitation that God has put on you and and you're going to to have true happiness this is what the serpent is, is saying you're going to have true happiness and you're going to have true fulfillment if you just throw off what God has said about what's evil and what's good and decide for yourself what's right and wrong. And this is what modern society has done to a large extent. We have thrown off the limitations of God, the limitations that are there for a reason, and we have decided for ourselves what's good. And it's no no, no coincidence that we are 
unhappier that people are having so many mental illnesses and 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 so many sad things are happening around the world because our greed is not leading to happiness and fulfillment our lack of boundaries our throwing off of boundaries in the pursuit of pleasure is not making us happier it's actually creating a prison for us so what are the positive benefits of boundaries in our relationships because for many they think of boundaries as a box you're trying to escape from and they're being restrictive or you're being old-fashioned even when you talk about choosing your own truth it's well What's true today or yesterday isn't true today because we've evolved. We've right. grown as a society. Yes. We've become better. So yes. when you bring up boundaries, it's for some, I want to push the walls down. But what I'm hearing you say is it's a healthy thing. So why is that? Why did God design these boundaries and how does it benefit us as a society and as families as we're trying to build these strong foundations? As we see from the story of Eve, the simple story that's just a few words is that once they partook of the tree, this promise of happiness that was, was, was promised to them actually became a disaster. Because immediately that they threw off boundaries, the, the boundary that God has put, they, they became aware of their nakedness. In other words, they had this sense of shame, of personal shame. What looked like freedom and happiness led to personal shame. And uh, uh, many of us, when we decided to decide to go against the limitation that God has put, we end up with this sense of shame. We end up with this sense of of guilt that 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 torments us. And I see people from all age groups that come to my 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 come to me for counseling or or, or come to our organization for counseling who had this promise of happiness that was sold to them. And sometimes it's in the area of extreme things like. Uh, uh, having multiple sexual partners, or, or or what they call swinging in 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 today's uh, uh, culture, and these people think, oh, this is this is what is going to make us really happy. But I see these people years after they have gone down these pathways, and they are broken. They are living with a sense of shame. They have realized that what looks so much like fun on the outside created a lot of uh, of turmoil and emotional problems for for their relationship and so the happiness that they thought they had turned out into into profound sadness and 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 disaster so what i'm hearing you say is boundaries are a good thing they they'll lead to happiness what are other things psychologists um have beginning been able to identify as leading to happiness or promoting happiness within ourselves. And I'm wondering if you can elaborate what about them is actually causing that happiness to to occur. Right. So one of the, 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 the principles that we find in in Genesis, in Genesis 2.18, for example, when God said it's not good for a man to be alone, I think the first, that gives us the first insight into happiness is that Happiness cannot 
take place where we become selfish and self-centered. To be happiness, there needs to be connection. So, so the first point is the first pillar. I like to call this the five pillars of happiness. And I think the first of the five pillar of happiness is that we need to have connection versus isolation. And I think our society has become so much an individualistic society that we are becoming more separated from each other and we're becoming more more selfish. And as a result of that, the, the incidence of mental illnesses is increasing. Loneliness is at a high all-time high as a result of that. And one of the statistics on my Facebook on our Facebook page talk about how loneliness is, is more detrimental to your health than smoking two packs of cigarette a week. And so it's important to realize that God wants us to stay connected and we cannot be happy if we are not connected. So what is that second pillar of happiness that you'd like us to consider? I think the second pillar of, of, of happiness is that we need to have this sense of of giving versus greed. I think a lot of times we go into this place where we want to consume it all for ourselves. We want to have it all. And that 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 story in that that tree in the midst of the garden is a symbol that we 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 shouldn't be so self-centered that it's all about us. We need to con we need to we need to consider others. And so in the in the garden that other was God. But we now live in a in a society with with people who are in this quote unquote garden with us that we must be mindful of that we can't have everything for ourselves and I think the the second way that we can be happy is to is to give giving instead of greed and the more we we get into this place of of giving of, of giving is the happier we become they have done studies uh one study that was done is that they they divided up uh two groups and one group of 29 both groups of, of 29 people and they gave them each a sum of money uh at the beginning of the week and they were asked to to, to one group was told to spend all of that money on themselves where the other group was asked to to give Uh, part of that money uh, to a charity or to someone in need. And at the end of a few weeks, they examined these two groups and, uh, and, and they examined these two groups to find out which was happier. And the study show, like many other studies that have been done since that, show that the group that gave money away had a greater sense of happiness and fulfillment than people who spent it all on themselves. So I need to build connection. I need to give more and not be greedy. What else can I do in my life to promote happiness? I think one of the, the, the things that's, other things that psychologists is telling us that we need to have forgiveness versus bitterness. And uh, we live in, in, in a world where we're going to be hurt by people. And for those of us who hold on to, to, to bitterness, and I'm not saying that in every case we need to forgive right away. Sometimes it can be a process. And let me just clarify that forgiveness doesn't mean that in every case you reconcile with the person who has hurt you. So in order to prevent any kind of misunderstanding about this, I would encourage our listeners to go to a show that we did on forgiveness. It's one of the, the first 10 shows that we did. So it's at the bottom. So it's very important for you to understand what forgiveness is. So in a nutshell, 
Mitchell where saying forgiveness doesn't mean reconciling with the person. However, you can you can forgive in the sense that you can still be hurting, but give it over to God and say, God, I'm I'm giving this person over to you. I can I can carry this bitterness that I'm dealing with anymore. And and by doing that, you're you're giving yourself a chance to heal because the studies also psychological studies also show that forgiveness, bitterness, I should say, affect your health. It makes it 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 creates things like high blood pressure. They said cardiovascular disease and other illnesses. And so, forgiveness is actually good for your health your health. And so one of the pillars of happiness is to to let go of 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 those that have hurt you and give that them over to God. What else should we be doing? The the next uh important thing is that we need to have gratitude versus goals. Don't I need both though? I'm always told I need to set goals, Michael. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> That's a very good question. Let me just rephrase that to say, not saying that you shouldn't have goals, but gratitude for where you are at this point mm. in time. Because if your happiness is tied to a goal that you're going to have five years down the road or when you get to retirement, happiness is going to be this elusive thing that is in the future. And the sad reality is that many of us, we go through a life always in seek of happiness that is never attained. But there's a sense in which we can be happy by having gratitude for the things that we have now. And if you can do that, if you can wake up every morning and give God thanks for 20 things in your life. I know some of you listening to my voice will say, 20 things? I can't even think of five. But sit with me for five minutes and I will be able to show you (laughs) that you have many things that maybe you have taken for granted that you can be happy over. So you can be happy now. And by happiness, I don't mean you have this smile on your face and you're going around with laughter uh, 24-7. Happiness is a state of mind in which you're contented and you're, 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 you're peaceful despite the storms that might be around you. It doesn't mean that you don't have moments when, when you might be happy, but it's a general state. And you can have that by focusing on what you can be grateful for than focusing on your goals, which are ahead of you. Ooh, you hit a sore spot for me on that one, Michael. We'll talk after the show. So by my count, we're at four pillars. You said there's five. What's the last one? The last and not the least, but very important pillar is God versus self. That tree in the midst of the garden, again, is very profound because what it is saying is that God is is to be obeyed. God is needs as a relationship with us that we must be mindful of. And we can't get so carried away with self-satisfaction and pleasuring ourselves that we throw God aside. And so every modern form of psychology today or, or, or branch of psychology is recognizing more and more that the spiritual is very important, that the the, the the twelve step the the, the Al- alcoholic anonymous twelve step program has this 
uh, principle in it, the, the, what they call the higher power. But this program was actually started in a Christian organization where it wasn't about the higher power, it was about God. So all of these uh, 12-step programs have a, a part of it that deals with deals with God in some form or another. And I think this is a realization that happiness cannot come by you just focusing on yourself. And this is what the tree in the midst of the garden was saying. God has to be central to us. And that's why it was in the midst of the garden. So, Michael, I think that was a great start to our series, The Foundations for Godly Families. Um, great conversation today. What can our listeners look forward to as we explore this series? Well, next week we're going to be talking about uh Cain and Abel. This is another simple story, but again, very profound. And in this story, we're going to be talking about sacrifice and achievement. There's a correlation between both. And this this story has very important principles about sacrifice and, and, and achievement that can come as a result of sacrifice. So we're out of time for today. So we want to thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Life Transformation Show. If you have a question, uh, please feel free to call us at 1877 We would be happy to hear from you. You can also contact us by email. The email can be found by going into our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. And Melissa Waggett. Thanking you for joining us and praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.